Howdy and welcome back to Pointer Rentals The Front Porch. If you haven't stopped by before, you can find the rest of our conversations with pointers and friends in the rental industry at pointerrental.com porch. I'm Lauren Jewell and let's get started. Welcome to The Front Porch with Lauren Jewell. Today we have our good friend and leader of the mobile product team, Matt Gaffin, with us. Matt, good to see you. Yeah, you too. All right, so let's just kind of do some basics of who you are. Who are you, where are you from, and what is it you do as the mobile product lead here at Point of Rental? Well, I'm Matt Gaffin, as you've already pointed out. Um, I am from Dallas, actually been here all but one year of my life. Well, two years if you count. Uh, Lubbock, but I usually talk oh, about that. No. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I went went to A and um, I was working out in Lubbock, so it's not the same as going okay. to school there. I see. Yeah. That's much um, more acceptable. Yeah, and uh, as um, on the mobile team, uh, I just try to keep ahead of those guys as we're putting out uh, new apps. Um, Por one is what we spend most of our time on, and you probably have no idea what I'm talking about yet, but soon. Do you want to give us a little um, insight as to what Point of Rental One is? Yeah, so Point of Rental One is basically, uh, it's the consolidation of all mobile apps that the company is going to use going forward. It'll work with all the different products we have. So Syrinx, Elite, Expert, we uh, are going to continue to roll it out with like Essentials as well. So it does messaging across all the platforms. And it also, uh, we have this new task features, which is going to allow us to create workflows, which you can use to say like the fulfillment process or your send out and receiving processes. But the important part is that it can be customized per company and it doesn't take our team time to do that. So it's going to be really special, I think. And of course, we've also been working on creating a general platform for all the products to use, right? They have, you have all these on-premise databases from Syrinx and Essential, or not Essential, Syrinx and uh, Elite. And we wanted to create a cloud-based architecture like Essentials, um, but that was something that would be usable by um, the existing on-premise solutions. And so it is the start, hopefully, of that combined platform. So we work on a lot of different things, but um, that's those are probably two of the more important things. That's very nice. So it's very customizable to the company. Yes. It's exactly what you need when you need it. Perfect. All right. Please list as many different fish as you know off the top of your head. Carp, freshman, bass. I mean, I could list a few more, but I don't think my knowledge is that impressive. So you're going to set the record for um, the amount of fish you know at three? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. I mean, I could go ahead and say catfish. Oh, all right. Well, then we'll put it at four. (laughs) <laughs> okay. What were you doing before you got to Point of Rental? Writing software. Uh, I've been doing that for the last 20 years since I was about, actually, it's more than 20 years since I, was, since I was about 16. So that's kind of been most of my life, that playing sports. And specifically, I worked for a fabric company that did uh, lots of inventory that they needed managed. And so I wrote a similar software. It just didn't rent the fabric. It sold it. So what got you into writing software at 16 years old? I... Loved computers, and when I, uh, doing something, another sport that I had done when I was younger, uh, I met a guy who owned a software company, and uh, he showed me the ropes, and I just fell in love with it. Once I saw him ride a fake virus, uh, that was it. I I wanted to program from that day on. Right on. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So you're just a big fake virus fan? Is that what you like spend most of your time doing? Real viruses well, or fake viruses or what? Oh, 
you know, that's uh, fake, fake turns into real. And, you know, then you realize that it's not really useful. So I, I don't write viruses. I've never done that. I'm not <laughs> smart enough to do that. Well, <laughs> that takes an entirely different type of person altogether. So you said you went to school at A&M and then you worked in Lubbock. What were you doing while you were in Lubbock? Something completely related. I sold home loans. Ah, okay. I've done a number of different things like that, but uh, I was always programming. It was always to pay for uh, startup ventures and things that I was trying to do. So. Gotcha. Okay. So programming has kind of been a hobby passion of yours, but you've done a bunch of other odd jobs throughout the course of your life before coming to Point of Rental. Yeah, quite a few. Are there any particular ones that you want to give a shout out to? I was the uh, assistant editor for a magazine that we uh, put out in uh, Highland Park. That's very cool. What is it that brought you to Point of Rental? Evan, Evan Fort. How How so? He just found me, sent me an email, and he talked me out of uh, taking a job. At <laughs> told me that uh, I wouldn't be happy there. And for some reason, I believed him. It's about the truth of it. He sounds pretty convincing. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything in particular that he said to you that um, you remember that you were like, oh, yeah, I would totally love to work at Pointer Brittle? You know, I, I really, I don't have a good answer for that. Uh, maybe it was the idea that it was kind of a startup environment inside of a, right. a, you know, a proven company, which having done a lot of startups and failing a lot of startups, um, that was probably, probably played a lot into it. Well, you, you keep mentioning startups. What, uh, can you just tell me more about like, what are some of these startups that you've started? Sure. So um, we used to write a billing system for our regional brokerage firms, and we were trying to create a online portal for that back in 2000, year 2000, which there was very few of those things around. So that we worked on for about two years. When I took a job as a waiter, I realized that shift management was a big problem. And when you when you try to get your shift covered, it's really hard because you had to, back then, in 2002, whatever that was, either talk to people and you could have to ask them, hey, can you cover me on Thursday? And you could only ask so many people because there really weren't cell phones. You couldn't text people back then. And so I was like, hey, I can create this uh, website where you can basically do all these things. And so we called it swapmyshift.com, had that registered. And the truth is it was just way ahead of its game. And uh, we mm-hmm. talked to like Olive Garden and a lot of people, but ultimately at the end of the day, ran out of money, had to pay rent. And yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a great idea. I would not have thought of that. But I, I do know when I worked at a grocery store, like I kept having to, I, I was doing the time where you could text your coworkers and ask for it. But I can imagine, yeah, that would have been a very useful tool to have. Well, not then it wasn't, but. Yeah. Do you anticipate now. that being something in the future that people would have that might oh, yeah. start up Microsoft again? built it about five years ago. Um, oh. To a T. <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, it was a little depressing. <laughs> So, well, I mean, it's it's part of a lot of different softwares now. I don't think it's, you know, it's not a problem that needs to be solved anymore. Right. But. Well, well, I'm glad to know that you had that idea and had it running, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know many people that um, have actually started startups, so that's just kind of cool to see that you had an idea and you saw a need and you went with it. So right on. Yeah. What have you been able to pull from your previous jobs that have really helped you in your point of rental career? Um, so I didn't realize until I got to point of rental that most of my programming experience had been in one way or another tied to inventory management. So I had built, you know, multiple inventory management systems from the ground up one that actually did a little bit of rental. It was a super easy fit for me. Um, can you give an example of one of the inventory managements that you've done before? There was this company called the beer gas company and they 
basically sold the CO2 cartridges that you'd use in restaurants to, you know, power your sodas or beers, and they had a special mixture. And so they managed that uh, for tons of restaurants around Texas and were, um, they had lots of little, you know, the, the CO2 containers, and so they'd always be delivering them. And sometimes the customers owned them, and sometimes they owned them. And they were often, uh, you know, they needed to manage that better. And so I wrote software that did that and had driver tablets out there. Yeah. Wow. That's very cool. Okay. So what is your favorite part of working here? I love the people. I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I love the potential we have here. I mean, it, it, it really ticks all the boxes. I think that you're looking for in a company. It has a startup feel. It's got the, Hey, we're established feel. Um, and there's plenty of room to, uh, improve things and to step out of your comfort zone. You know, if you see a problem, you can go fix it. People are generally receptive to that. So I really appreciate that about this company. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of been something that has um, been resounding from everyone who's responded to that question before is they, they, they love the people and the opportunity they have. So that's great to hear from yeah. you as well. So what is your five-year plan? It can be professional or personal, whatever you, however you want to answer that. My five-year plan has always been the same, and that is to be retired in five years. So far <laughs> really? it hasn't happened, but that's the plan. <laughs> Yeah. So since you were 16 and you started programming, you're like, I'm going to be retired in five years. Yeah. I mean, I did startups. I was, that was always, that was always the goal was, and by retired, I simply mean I no longer need a paycheck. I've never heard someone having that as their five-year goal before. That's really interesting to hear. Okay. When you want a refreshing software experience with no calories, no sugar, and no preservatives, try Point of Rental Software. It's good for your business, and it always leaves a great taste in your mouth. Point of rental. All right. So Taylor Dees seems to think that you're interesting. Why do you think he believes this? Well, Taylor is a very scientific and fact-based person, so mm. clearly because it's true. Okay. <laughs> do you have any facts to back up that statement? It depends on what you find interesting. Maybe you mm. have some questions to ask me that I can answer. Ah, uh, I think I do. Just an idea. We'll get into them. So um, you've participated in all of the Pointer Rental intra-office sports activities that I can think of. Um, what sports did you play as a kid? The real answer is literally everything I could get my hands on. Uh, my mom was amazing at you know getting me involved with things. And so hmm. I did basketball, soccer, swimming, horseback riding, tennis, volleyball, hockey, um, gymnastics, tap, ballet. Uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, the two biggest ones were probably baseball and figure skating. Wow. I don't think I've met someone who's done figure skating before, especially being in the Dallas area. How did you get into that? My mom was a gymnast uh, growing up and she had a gym and I guess she loved figure skating. And so she decided I'm going to go make my kids take figure skating lessons. And it just stuck. I started when I was like eight and yeah. I, think I stopped when I was about 14. Did you do like competitions and everything? Because when I think figure skating, I'm picturing the what's the movie um, with Will Ferrell and Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Uh, (laughs) Is that accurate at all to um, regular figure skating? I mean, it's a really tight knit community, especially in Texas, because there's just not that many people that do it. So, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, entirely like that at all. It's not it's not as competitive from that perspective. But yeah, I did compete um, for sure. I was working on my triple axle when I stopped. So, I mean, I had, you know, spins, jumps, all that good stuff. Right on. Did you ever, um, was it a goal for you to go into the Olympics with any and all of these sports or anything like that? If there was ever one I was going to go pro in, it probably would have been baseball. 
but I just never wanted to, uh, that wasn't a life that I wanted. I knew right. I wanted kids and that was important to me. And so if I had chosen any of those, I felt like it would be sacrificing family. And that's the same reason I didn't go into like Air Force Academy or anything like that because mm. yeah, I just didn't want to make a career decision like that. So it's, you know, it's always one of those small regrets that, you know, you'll always wonder what could have been, but right. it's not the lifestyle I wanted. So. So what did you, what position were you in baseball? I pitched. Pitcher. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. Do you pitch for the men's softball team here at Point Reno? No. No. Okay. No, that's underhanded. That's a whole different animal. Oh, okay. Also, oh, my shoulder sense. is, I, I flew off a bicycle. Oh, I also did BMX racing, but I flew off my bicycle, landed on my shoulder a couple of years ago and uh, basically can't throw anymore. It's really, really awkward. So you just did BMX racing a few years ago. You were doing that up to... Just no, that was something ago? I did when I was, you know, high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. They gotcha. opened up a BMX track in my my na- down the street from us, and so everybody in my neighborhood did it. Wow, that's very cool. Yes, it's very cool how you injured your shoulder. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually have it on video because I was wearing a GoPro on my helmet. I was riding with my kids um, and trying to video them, and my I stood up to pedal faster. My chain popped off, and I popped off over the front of the, the handlebars. Oh no! And had I, I've never worn a helmet in my life. You know, riding a bike. This is the one time that I'm so thankful that I had one on. Yeah. So. Jeez. Okay, so Matt, what is your most impressive sports accomplishment? Is it winning Pointer Reynolds ping pong tournament, or is there even an honor higher than that? Let's be honest. An honor higher than that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Definitely. So I had a no hit season in baseball. Oh, wow. No hitter. Like the whole season was a no hitter. So what does that mean? That you were pitching and no one was I, really. I pitched every game and not a single person that entire season um, got well. So one kid hit a ball, but he was thrown out at first. I was, I threw really fast when I was, when I was young compared to other kids my age. Uh-huh. So I was just a little bit ahead there. And I, you know, it wasn't wasn't the top league, like the select baseball leagues, that probably would have changed things. But that really wasn't a thing when I was younger anyway, like 13, really? I think. So um, it says here that you also used to sing opera. How did you get into that? It was an accident. I So I, I did musicals and things like that in high school. Didn't really know how to sing. Uh, wanted to start doing it again. And uh, this was like when I, right before I had my first kid. And so there was a little bit of free time and I thought, Hey, you know what, let's go take some voice lessons and just figure this thing out. And I accidentally stumbled onto a guy who sang professional opera. And so, you know, I didn't even know until like two or three lessons in what, what was happening to me. And I thought it was just normal. And, you know, it just grew on me at that point. So I did that for about two years, but that's like two of like 20 that are needed. Wow. So I know a lot of parents will like sing their children to sleep with lullabies. Were you like singing opera lullabies to your first child? Uh, Sometimes, but it often kept them awake because opera is very, very loud. So, (laughs) yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Does so? Have you continued to teach your children opera after this? Not opera. No, but they do know how to sing. I mean, all my. I mean, we singing is like if we're home. I mean, you know, truth be told, you know, curtains down. There's music playing at our house almost nonstop. So my entire family's pretty musical. Do you play any instruments as well or just y'all are singers? I play a little bit of each. I mean, I play like, you know, guitar, drums, uh, piano. Uh, I'm not amazing at any of them. I've always had exceptional friends. Like, I mean, people that do it professionally as a career. Um, And so 
there's never been a need for me to be a musician. And since I was a nerd, I figured out how to do recording. So did you ever have opera concerts that you were do or like I didn't make opera it that. singing for birthday parties or anything? Or <laughs> It takes so long to train for that that I, I mean, I really two years was was just scratching the surface. Like, you know, I had barely started to learn my own arias. It had been pretty much pure just doing scales. And I don't even know what he was trying to do with my voice for that two years, to be honest with you. Um, wait, wait, Jules, what kind of birthday is an opera <laughs> birthday party? <laughs> I don't know. I guess if, if your mom growing up knew all these people who could teach you all these different skills, maybe you had some connections of people who... So that wasn't growing up. That was as an adult. Opera was an, it was an adult thing. That was purely oh, me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, right before your first child. Okay. <laughs> so in our text conversation we had before this, you said, and I quote... Texas is boring. Hmm. How do you justify yourself, sir? Um, we don't have winters. And mm-hmm. after being here for almost 40 years, you know, I've done most of what we have to offer. So, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. find it boring at this point. I love Texas. I mean, it's a great place. Don't get me wrong. But I would go somewhere else if they had a winter to offer me. And So that way you can get into more of the winter sports. Correct. Winter sports, winter yeah. opera. Okay. Yes, winter opera. Like as you're, you know, you're going over one of those jumps and it's, ah. <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Okay. I remember I was going to ask now. Um, would you be willing to give us one of your opera scales as an example? Or is that probably too loud for the microphones here? Want to help us change the world? Point the Way is Point of Rental's employee-led community giving program. We provide volunteer opportunities as a team to help improve our communities throughout the world. If you're a pointer, you can find out more about how we're helping this quarter, suggest ideas for the future, and connect with us on our internal Point the Way workplace page. If you're not, you can still see what we're doing by following us on social media. We're in the business of making better lives. You are a VR advocate, um, and I hear you have a pretty sweet setup at home. Is there a reason you're attempting to escape this reality? It's amazing for flying, you know, and a lot of other things. I think it's the future. I think there's a lot of potential in it. So I yeah, love showing people what VR is like and what you can do with it. I mean, I can get rid of all three of the monitors that I have sitting here in front of me and just have my headset on and... Ooh. All of a sudden, I've got virtual screens that I can, uh, you know, reach up and grab windows and put them all around me. And so it's really cool. But I mean, it's also it's a great simulation, but wow. it's the future. That's very cool. I think the you were the first one to introduce me to VR. And that was right before um, our last ARA show where we kind of did some little ARA tours of um, the office building here. And that was. Yeah mind-blowing to me i'd never even experienced that before so yeah that's very cool i didn't realize you could actually go up and reach and move screens around yeah so um, what you experienced was a um a pale example of what it what it's actually like because yeah it's 
Yeah. We'll have to okay, do that again. So I need to do some more research and, and try out some more in-depth VR stuff in the future is what it sounds like. Oh, yes. Good, good explanation, Matt. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's exactly. Definitely translates to audio fantastically. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, I mean, virtual reality, hard to describe. Yeah. It's you're, you're in a dream, except it's better. Do you have to do it sitting down? Because I know when I, I did it, I was kind of walking around and got a little dizzy from that. Correct. Is that common with most of it? You have to stay seated? There's a thing called VR sickness. And the problem is that, and this is why I'm saying you've really only experienced part of it, is because the headset you put on is it doesn't move in space. Base, right like so if you move your head forward it doesn't it doesn't portray that inside of virtual reality all you're really doing okay. is taking a camera that is basically stuck where it is and rotating mm-hmm. that camera around that's right. what you experienced what i experienced with this headset is my entire room here becomes my platform i can walk around you know if i'm holding a piece of paper in my virtual hands and i want to read it better i just lean closer and that zoom it you know it does what it does in real life it is basically being Wow. Yeah, everything is it is a full alternate reality. So if I walk forward, I'm walking forward. If I turn around, I'm, you know, a duck down. So there's like these, there's a really cool Western game that puts you uh, on the other, like in a Western town, you're in a saloon on one side of the street, you know, like maybe the bank on the other. And there's a guy over there and there's boxes and you can like duck down and hide behind the boxes. You can pop out and, you know, you're, you shoot them. It's, it's, it feels so real and it's, oh, it's amazing exercise. It's actually where I've gotten most of my exercise during COVID. I've lost about 15 pounds. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I, I know like we was really big there for a while on losing weight, but I hadn't heard of, of VR as being an exercise regimen. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Similar, but it blows we out of the water. Oh, a couple of fellow pointers are here at Point of Rental because of you. How did that happen, especially getting the Canadian one? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, obviously you can surmise that, you know, with VR, I am you know, probably somewhat into video games, which is, you know, been true for a lot of my life, you know, a nerd, it's somewhat synonymous. And actually, I find some of the best programmers are usually some of the better video gamers. There's a big correlation. So Steve Van Meter, we, we actually did have some some real life friends, but we basically met uh, playing video games. And then Mike, uh, Mike and Steve completely met playing video games. And uh, hmm. you'll definitely have to ask them about that experience, because it was basically, you know, Mike just stuck around and became friends and then I met him online and he was just this Canadian guy with a beard that we would talk to through Skype and play video games with and then uh, one year we were having him come down you know, it was our first real life meetup and uh, to go to this big uh, video game convention that we have every year and we I remember being at the the elevators at the old old building looking at Steve and being like you know hey how funny would it be if you know we got Mike an interview while he was here and got him a job down here one of those times you say it as a joke and then we we stopped and we slowly turned our heads and looked at each other made that eye connection like yeah what if we talked to Francis and Francis you know sat down and talked with him and uh that was you know I think everything went really well and so then we just had to put in a little put in a lot of work to figure out, okay, how do we get him here now from Canada? Turns out it's as simple as you write a letter that says, hey, we want this guy to work for us. And because you're Canadian, you can just walk up to the border and show it to the guys. And they're like, oh yeah, come on in. And so that's happened twice now. Twice? Yeah. So you got- He has to renew himself every three years. So oh, he's done it He just twice. has to keep walking yeah. across he goes home, the border? And then he walks back. I see behind you, you have- quite the sword hanging on the wall um, there. What's the story of the massive sword on the wall? 
Well, you see, there was this one time I was exploring the island of Ireland. So I promised my kids that I would bring them a souvenir back. And basically the end of the trip came. My wife and I looked at each other and we didn't know what to do. We had visited a lot of castles and thought, hey, let's bring them back a sword. And we're, of course, talking like, you know, about a five-year-old, you know, seven-year-old, a two-year-old at this point or something. Little styrofoam swords kind of seemed dumb. And so I was like, hey, let's just buy them Excalibur. And so now we have it hanging back there on the wall. Wow, dad of the year right there. That's pretty cool. That could have saved you so much money. You just get a big rock instead of Excalibur. Be like, this is the rock Excalibur was in. Kids. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. How did you end up getting through customs with the giant Excalibur? The sword came from Amazon. So how they got it through customs, I have oh. no idea. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> Let's move on to five important questions. Five important questions. Five Five important questions. Five important questions. What is your greatest fear? I mean, ultimately, I'm afraid of anything that's out of my control. I'm probably most afraid of not being able to do anything. But I'm hedging my bets with VR, right? So I get VR, then it's not a big deal. If you could tell first day at Point of Rental Matt one piece of advice that would lead to becoming a successful pointer, what would you say? I would tell first day Matt and first day everybody else, you know, you're, first of all, you're stuck. And second of all, be aggressive. Go do what you want to do. You know, if you've got an idea, if you see something, you know, speak up about it, talk about it, you know, go, go do something about it. Don't wait for somebody else to bring up the topic. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? I was so embarrassed as a kid um and got made fun of so much when i was younger that there's i don't get embarrassed anymore yeah you've ruined the whole like setup for this uh oh i know joke i guess you can just skip to last meal part okay so in the event that you've been sentenced to death um and you were only given one maybe, final meal what maybe, would your last maybe meal it's be? because he tried to escape this reality so he's not allowed to oh okay yeah. Yeah. What would your final meal be? No, you got to say the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to ask it? <laughs> Sorry, sir. It's illegal to escape this reality into virtual realities. You have been sentenced to death. What do you choose as your last meal and why? Whatever takes the longest amount of time to eat simply so that there's more time for somebody to prove that I'm wrong or for me to realize that I just need to wake up. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Give me some wings or stop me from aging. Well, VR might be able to do that for you, so. Yeah, absolutely. Finally, someone goes with the, if you're going to ask for something, ask for something ridiculous. Right. I mean, there's obviously a huge, uh, a huge dilemma around, you know, well, if I can get wings, then what else could I get? But I'd be happy with wings. Is there anyone in particular that you would fly to or just like on your everyday travels you would just? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Fly. it would be such. A, think about it though. It'd be such a game changer if you had wings. What you could do with that? Do you get tired of using? Like, do you have to work out your wings, or is it just like you could just fly wherever you wanted to? I'm gonna go with it. Would just it would be you know all the good things and none of the bad, the potential downsides of having wings. So yeah. Yeah, just in case you get this actual offer, I just want to make sure that you request wings that will ensure you fly, because it would suck to get like wings and you're still flightless, and you're like, ah. Oh yes. Yes. You're like Heimlich, the little caterpillar from A Bug's Life, who's this giant caterpillar. He has these tiny little butterfly wings, and he can't do anything with them. Yeah, that's a that's a very good distinction to make. Tell me something that you didn't believe when you were younger, but eventually came around on. So we used to go to this wooden park as a kid called Kidsville in Duncanville, and they had this nice little tiny compartment that I, when we played hide and seek, I could I could crawl into there, and I remember crawling in there. I was probably you know, 
seven or eight, thinking to myself, I will never be too big to fit inside of here. I've come around to the fact that I am definitely too big to fit inside of there now. So, <laughs> Have you gone in and tried recently? I did try as an adult, yes. I, I went back specifically to that park to investigate <laughs> that one spot. And I, I can verify that it, yeah, I do not fit. <laughs> what is your spirit spice? Fuzzy uh, taco dust. Tell me a secret about point of rental. There's a, there's a, there's a door in the office that um, leads to a secret room that most people do not have access to that actually takes you underneath point of rental. Nope. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt, for chatting today. It's been a delight talking with you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It was a lot of fun as well. So send Matt some love this week. Send him an old school email saying, hey, or send him a gif of your favorite wheel of cheese. Um, And just be epic and let him know that you care. Thanks for listening today. We'll keep the porch light burning for you. I have lots of interesting stories. Open palm or closed fist? Just as a pro tip for anyone out there, Aria, a very common crossword puzzle word. Everybody's eaten to the point where they feel like dying. I imagine horseback riding wasn't at your high school. You know, when I buy a piece of cheese and there's a manual with it, yeah, it seems stupid, but I'm going to read that manual. Some people make cheese in caves. I had to uh, use my hand as a plunger. Did you get like road rash or anything? Please tell me that there are cheese manuals out there. That is what my life has been missing. That's what's in the pot at the end of the rainbow. That was fun. They were my life and now they are my strife. Brian, I lost my train of thought.